Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. <laughs> I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Millions of impeachments, impeachments for me. Millions of impeachments, impeachments for free. It's high noon for Tuesday, February 9th, 2021. Follow the podcast. On the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. Join the discussion thread at t.me slash be reasonable discussion. And you'll find me from time to time on Gab at I'm your moderator. Now, a few things, housekeeping items, we can call them. First, apologies for the sound of the last few episodes and the inconsistency with the timing of them. As I said on Friday, that was going to happen. I am in the midst of changing my studio arrangement. So unfortunately, I'm having to use a setup that I do not prefer, particularly in the days that have passed. I've been using the Soundtrap cloud-based recording app, and that app sucks. So if you're thinking of doing some recording or starting a podcast, don't use Soundtrap. It fails all the time. And it's even worse when you try to do it with a guest. This program is apparently set up for exactly what I'm using it for. It just does a really, really, really bad job of it. So apologies for that. Uh, I did a little poll on the Telegram channel about whether it would be better for me to get High Noon out when I normally do, or if I should wait until later in the day to kind of recap the day's impeachment excitement. And the near consensus was that I should wait. So that's what I did. And today was the first day of impeachment. But before we get to that, we need to understand that today is the 20th full day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, 
ventriloquist dummy fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party to the extent that he will do their bidding. Whatever they need, he's got it. He's also the patriarch of a truly awful family, the father of one of the most despicable individuals in the country. And of course, we can't forget the fact that he has sold the power of his political office for the last five decades to corporate interests and our foreign adversaries. Now, day one of the second sham impeachment in the Senate, Donald Trump is now being tried for impeachment for the not crime of saying the election was stolen. And we're all supposed to make the intellectual leap into dream world and believe that the challenging of the overwhelmingly fraudulent election was somehow incitement to what they deem an insurrection. First off, as I say all the time, this was not an insurrection. That much is clear. The group of people who went to the Capitol and breached the Capitol were not looking to take over the government and install a new government. That was never, ever the goal. They went there to protest a fraudulent election and the acceptance of fraudulent certifications of electors from states that Donald Trump quite clearly did not lose in any legitimate fashion. And there's no amount of lying or complaining or emoting or displaying of edited video that changes that fact. Nor is there any evidence possible to convince any person with a full-size normal adult brain that anything Donald Trump said in his speech incited the incident, it couldn't even be physically possible for that to be true just based on, you know, the whole space-time continuum part of the situation. And the affair started out with a real bang. And by real bang, I mean that Senator Pat Leahy was in charge of the proceedings as president pro tempore of the Senate. And he is more in control of his faculties than Joe Biden is, but he doesn't really seem up to the task of navigating complex issues. He is ancient and he sounds ancient and his thinking seems slowed. And I'm not saying this to him, you know, to insult the guy. It's just a statement of fact. And I think that we are all past the time where the value of 80 year old senators can be accepted as normal. We have the same baby boomer politicians 
in office that we've had for the last 30, sometimes 40 years. There is a reason the corruption has gotten to the place it has in this country. And it's because these same people have been in power and they have been exchanging power with their peers. They leave, some other boomer takes office. It's a terrible situation for the country that we have not only entrenched power like this, but we have entrenched corruption. We have made it standard that the same people just maintain office forever. And they do this most often by essentially rigging their elections and rigging the outcomes. Who is going to be able to successfully primary Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or Mitch McConnell? It's not going to happen. We've had these leaders for way, way, way too long. So the first to step up to the plate, as it were, for the Democrats was Maryland Congressman Jamie Raskin, who, if you watch him in hearings, is one of the least honest people you will ever witness. He is one of the sort of Democrats whose only goal all the time is to find communist heartstrings and pull on them in whatever order necessary to play a nice lullaby for the communists. He'll play twinkle, twinkle, little star if you ask him to. And of course, that's what he did today. He was the one who got to introduce the Democrats' amazingly edited video package of the horrors of January 6th. Now, I should correct the record here. I did do a little more digging, and I didn't actually have to dig this far. I did somehow just miss this. But they have identified the other people who died at the Capitol on January 6th. We all know, of course, Ashley Babbitt, the woman who was shot by the officer inside the building. Then there was also Benjamin Phillips, a 50-year-old man from Pennsylvania who died of a stroke. Kevin Greeson, a 55-year-old man from Alabama who died of a heart condition a heart attack, it seems like. There was some rumor that he inadvertently tased himself and then had a heart attack. Unclear if that's true. Then there was Roseanne Boylan, a 34-year-old woman from Georgia who was apparently trampled as the police pushed back against the crowd. Then we have Officer Brian Sicknick, who they're going to be honoring and he is lying in state at the Capitol as they go through these proceedings. He died from a blood clot and stroke, not from being beaten with a fire extinguisher, as we were told by the mainstream press. And then there were two other deaths afterward, which were both Capitol Police officers who, quote unquote, committed suicide. And in the real world, they died from something called being suicided, which is similar to knowing Hillary Clinton 
just with fewer perks. And so in the video they showed, they said seven people died at the Capitol. And I guess under the loosest possible interpretations, that could be true. Now, it seems like only one of those people, Roseanne Boyland, was killed as a result of Trump supporter related quote unquote violence. She was unfortunately trampled and that is terrible. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. But that also happens at concerts. That is a crowd control issue, an issue that the security forces at the Capitol should not have allowed to happen. Ashley Babbitt was directly killed by the security forces at the Capitol. Also in this video, they showed the officer leading the group up the stairs of the Capitol. And we were told on this video that he was doing that to lead them away from where the senators and congressmen were. Because, oh, their lives were in such danger by these people who were not attacking the officer and were not attacking anyone. In fact, they entered and made a nice neat line through the velvet ropes at the front. One of the main features of this video was Trump supporters saying the word fuck over and over again in different scenarios and sounding very, very threatening. They were chanting things like fight for Trump and stop the steal. And again, you know, I've talked about this a bunch. I don't like what happened that day. I want to be clear about that. But to pretend that this is even similar to what occurred all last summer with BLM and Antifa domestic terrorists around the country is to have no sense of proportion whatsoever. And to even say that there is a comparison there and that somehow the capital is in any way more violent or more deadly than the BLM Antifa riots is to be dishonest about something crucial in this situation. It is just a lie. It's hard to describe it any other way. And it's hard to take seriously any person who tries to make that comparison. But to pay a visit to woke Twitter that's not even what you would find. You find people on Twitter talking about how that event was actually worse than 9-11 because 9-11 didn't successfully harm the Capitol. And Flight 93 was supposed to go and crash into the Capitol, but instead it disappeared in a Pennsylvania field. That, that small riot where I guess you can call it seven people, but really two people died from violence, both as a result of the lax security conditions there, we are told we should imagine is more serious and more of a threat to our nation than the death of 3,000 people in New York, an event that 
changed our laws dramatically, something that liberals actually used to agree with and fight back against, the overreach of the Patriot Act, how many of our civil, civil liberties were stripped away in the aftermath of 9-11. Apparently that doesn't matter now because unlike Islamic terrorists, for whom if we talk about them, it's Islamophobic. These are just evil white people who are so ignorant that they could possibly listen to what Trump has to say. So these people actually deserve to be treated and prosecuted as domestic terrorists. And hey, if we strip away civil liberties in order to continue calling these people terrorists, well, that's just the cost of playing the game. Now, to be clear, I will say again and again that Black Lives Matter and Antifa are domestic terrorists. They consistently used violence and fear tactics to enact political change. That is not at all what happened on January 6th. Was there violence? Yes. Did they have a political goal? Yes, but the political goal was not meant to be achieved through violence. That is a fallacy to make that connection. It doesn't matter how much of the media says it. There were a million people on January 6th at the Capitol. The amount of people who actually engaged in violence at the Capitol as a proportion of that crowd is minuscule. The amount of people who went to BLM Antifa events with the express intent of taking part in violence was the bulk of that movement. And listen, I'm not trying to take away from the Americans who did go peacefully march in those events. In the weekend or week following George Floyd's death, some of those events were entirely peaceful. I have no problem admitting that. But four months of violence in Portland and the Chaz Chop experiment in Seattle were not mostly peaceful. Those were disasters that we were all either sheltered from, if you're addicted to the central narrative and you only watch the mainstream news, they didn't show that to most of the commies, Obamis, and Romneys around the country. They just skipped over that thing entirely. Most of them don't even know that happened, which is how they can continue saying something so utterly absurd that this particular riot was as violent as they claim. I actually believe, I'm trying to give these people the benefit of the doubt, by the way. I actually believe most of the people who are going along with this line of thinking about January 6th legitimately haven't seen the violence of last summer, the burning of people's businesses, kicking people in the head, smashing their heads in with baseball bats, murders, rapes, and assaults in Chaz Chop. That all happened. I'm assuming that these people never saw it because the news chose not to show it to them. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt by saying that. But the fact that they didn't see it doesn't change the reality of it happening. And I really, really hope 
that Trump's lawyers will bring that video out. In fact, I would be fine if their entire defense was just hours and hours of BLM Antifa rioting. So to call BLM Antifa domestic terrorists is accurate because first of all, they are an organized group of individuals. That is an organization. BLM is an organization. Antifa is an organization. They plan and coordinate these things. A bunch of disparate Trump supporters showing up at the Capitol to voice their dissent on a clearly fraudulent and extra legal process is not organized. It just happened. They called for a rally. Things got out of hand. Why did things get out of hand? Oh, because there were instigators there. There were agent provocateurs there. One of them was named John Sullivan who happens to be one of the BLM Antifa domestic terrorists that I talk about. And stunningly, in the video that Jamie Raskin showed, one of the clips had John Sullivan's social media identities watermark on the video. You look in the right, down in the right corner, I'm sure that Jamie Raskin's video is online somewhere on YouTube, maybe you can see it, but it says Jaden X on it, J-A-Y-D-E-N-X. That's John Sullivan. That's unbelievable. And that wasn't the only clip that they use filmed by leftists. So on Twitter, people freaked out. And, you know, most of it was their normal, like, over-emoting for attention. They said, I, I was crying. Oh, my heart stopped. I can't believe that happened. Oh my God, it's bringing me back to the horror of that day, the trauma. Settle down. It was, some of it was even grown men talking. There's this guy uh, on there who calls himself like a Brooklyn dad or something. I don't know. This guy is one of the biggest putzes in the world. He tries to look like um, some hipster and he's always the most left you can be. I think maybe he thinks he's going to get laid by this or something. I bet he's a Brooklyn single dad and he's just desperately trying to hook up with chicks with hairy armpits. And maybe this is how he goes about it. So good for him. Like, enjoy it. But he said, I am traumatized all over again while watching this video recap. Don't try to tell me January 6th was not worse than 9-11. These rioters were, quote unquote, Americans. Oh, and he's got like this little look where he's like leaning back, kind of looking down like I'm, I'm a tough guy. Check out my beard and my beanie. Hey, shut up, man. That, that's the answer. Shut up. You are not a man. You are going to raise the worst kids in history, Brooklyn dad. For the Democrats' sake, I hope that they saved their best for last or at least later. Because if they thought that video was them coming out swinging, that ain't gonna work. So today was, I, I mean, some people are calling it opening arguments, but today's little session was specifically geared toward the issue of whether or not this impeachment trial was constitutional. And I think that they wanted to try to get a better result than they got in the vote Rand Paul initiated uh, last week, 
where it was 55-45 that it was constitutional and it could go forward. This time they got it to 56-44 by getting Louisiana's Bill Cassidy on their side. Obvious Romney here. But that still leaves them in a position of having to get 11 more Republican senators to vote to convict Donald Trump on an impeachment they have already voted as unconstitutional. If they have (laughs) the courage to try to pull that one off, I mean, you almost got to respect the ability to just be so cynical and so hypocritical to say that you are going to vote to convict after saying that the entire process is unconstitutional, that would be some real balls. You almost got to respect somebody who's that bold. But this impeachment is dead in the water before it starts. And I hope that Trump's team is able to take advantage of this. Because as Steve Bannon has noted a few different times throughout this whole process, what they have now is essentially a free play. Like in football, when the defense is off sides and the quarterback can basically just toss it down the field, knowing that even if he gets intercepted or whatever else, the play is going to be called back because the defense has already committed a penalty. So it's a free play. I hope that the Republicans approach it that way. Because knowing that there's no legitimate means of this thing going the wrong way for Donald Trump, that gives them a lot of freedom in their approach and what they choose to present. And hopefully we will see them present evidence of election fraud. Although from what I watched today, it doesn't seem like that will be the focus. Uh, One great point of the Trump defense today was the showing of a video of a whole bunch of Democratic uh, Congress members saying even years ago that Donald Trump must be impeached. They've been trying to do it the whole time and they were led by none other than today's Democratic impeachment manager, Jamie Raskin. The video of him talking about Trump's impeachment was from January 15th, 2017. That's five days before Donald Trump was inaugurated. So apparently Jamie Raskin believes that any politician can be impeached anytime, before your president, while your president, and after your president. Impeachment just always works. Because in their minds, impeachment is just a really bad punishment, a way to get the communists out there watching CNN to think, oh, we got them now. This is the silver bullet. This is the time that we really get to show Trump how bad he is. And everybody's going to know it. Even the people with the red hats will understand how bad Trump is. If only we can impeach him. And Trump's defense actually made the great point that when Bill Clinton's impeachment began in the 90s, there wasn't a single person alive 
who had ever witnessed a presidential impeachment. And now we've had three in the last 25 years. This is our second in one year. That takes the point of impeachment in the Constitution and even the importance of the Constitution itself and just tramples all over it. And the, the sad part of this is that this is totally in line with the Democrats' agenda, generally speaking. They do not care about the Constitution. And if they were being honest, they would actually just make that argument. Like that should be, and can be, honestly, I don't agree with that point at all, but that would be a, a legitimate public debate. If they wanna run on the platform that the Constitution is no longer valid, by all means, go ahead and do it. Try to win the argument. Try to get the people onto your side. And if that happens, okay, I don't like it. And I think that that would have terrible consequences for the country. But at least you could go about it honestly, rather than using a pandemic to strip away the Bill of Rights, as we've seen happen. The right to assembly, gone. The right to attend church, gone. The right to decide what to wear on your face is gone. You know they want to take the Second Amendment. What don't they want to take out of the Constitution? They want to increase statehood and grant it to D.C. and Puerto Rico, perhaps other places, which will allow them to overwhelm the Senate. They want to increase the number of judges on the Supreme Court so that they can pack the court. And they want to do it on lower courts as well so that none of their decisions can ever be overturned. That will eliminate the entire idea of checks and balances. And they want to change all of the election laws so that they never have to lose. And they want to get rid of the Electoral College so that massive metropolitan areas can make all the decisions for the entire country because they're the population centers. So at that point, you would have to ask, what parts of the Constitution, communists, are you still for? That is really where they're headed with all this. And they don't care about the Constitution in this process. And that's obvious. That should be even be obvious to the communists. Like part of what is so frustrating about all of this is I wish that they could just admit what it is they really want, but they know that what they really want is not popular and they can't pass it. It's not tenable, but they pursue it anyway. And the way they pursue it is through force and through corruption. That's the worst part. Just be honest about what you want. Try to convince the country. I don't have to like it. But the form of government, an open form of government, where the voice of the people actually matters, that should count for something. But it doesn't. Again, we are moving toward a totalitarian form of government. It's not hard to see. Every single thing 
that they've been trying to do for the last five years suggests that their primary concern is to do what they want despite the will of the American people. It couldn't be more obvious in that election, and it couldn't be more obvious in this impeachment. And Trump's defense rightly called this out. The goal of this impeachment is to render the will of the American people useless. They are scared of what the American people want. And Trump's defense called it out directly. They do not want the American people to be able to vote Donald Trump back into office. And why are they scared of that possibility for a man who will be, what, 76 years old then in four years? They're scared of that possibility because they know that the American people just did that three months ago. I've said this before, but we need to stop lying about what this is. Those people in Washington who voted to certify those electors and the people around the country who did the same, they're not ignorant to what happened. They participated in what happened. Time Magazine laid it out just a few days ago. If you haven't listened to the weekend episodes, go ahead. Again, I'm sorry for the sound quality. I did my best. The technology let me down. No excuses, that's fine. I get it. But the Time Magazine piece laid all of this out. To think that the parties involved didn't know what they were doing, that they were all just acting toward their individual goals and really legitimately trying to save democracy is crazy. The only way they could say that that is an attempt to save democracy is by totally embracing the false notion that Donald Trump is an existential threat to democracy. Donald Trump was a show of the strength of our system because an outsider who was unconnected to politics prior to running for president was able to convince the country to support him. That's nothing short of amazing. That is a credit to the system, not a destruction of it. Now, if the Democrats had actually put up a legitimate candidate who bothered campaigning and bothered trying to convince the American people that his ideas were better than Trump's, that too would have been a credit to our system. But that's not what happened. In fact, it will be a credit to our system if that total fraud and injustice gets reversed without having to wait until the next election. That would be a credit to our system to say that even at the point where all seems lost, the system is so solid that it's able to correct itself. That's how the system gets credit. Now, one of the impeachment managers, the truly pathetic David Cicilline, tried to argue that it actually wasn't about Donald Trump's language on January 6th. It was a pattern of behavior that incited this crap. Of course, if it was a pattern of behavior, you can't consider it incitement. They were just cumulatively incited to all participate in a spontaneous event that day that was 
also pre-planned by parties unaffiliated with Donald Trump. That doesn't make any sense. But of course, he has to argue that because they also had reality prove their initial case wrong. The initial case was that Donald Trump's speech so incensed the crowd that they all ran down to the Capitol with their pitchforks and their blazing torches and tried to destroy the place. In fact, in Jamie Raskin's pathetic video, they cut Donald Trump off right before he said, peacefully and patriotically, go make your voices heard. They cut that off completely. That was not in any segment of the video. That is dishonest to the nth degree. And we also have to remember what the impetus for the impeachment was in the first place. As stated by Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump was such an extreme danger to the country that he needed to be removed before the end of his term. In fact, Pelosi went to Mike Pence and said, if you do not invoke the 25th Amendment, I am going to lodge articles of impeachment. So she wanted him out of there before January 20th. It wasn't just about making sure that Donald Trump couldn't run in the future. She wanted him out immediately because he presented a clear and present danger. This is not my argument, it's theirs. And that too was a lie. Donald Trump did not present a clear and present danger before January 20th and didn't act in any way to indicate otherwise. This is the same as the lies in the Time Magazine piece that Donald Trump was presenting this huge threat if he lost the election. Well, that didn't happen. Trump supporters were supposed to rise up and be violent and potentially start a civil war. And that didn't happen either. The truth is they are just making up these threats and using the potential for threats to enact their political goals in the present. And now they're pretending that if they don't impeach Donald Trump, then they've given future presidents carte blanche to commit high crimes and misdemeanors in their last days or months in office, which again is purely obviously false. Impeachment isn't the only punishment for someone who once served as president. And hopefully we'll see that very clearly in the near future because Bill Clinton is a criminal and George W. Bush is a criminal and Barack Obama is a criminal. We might get to see three presidents convicted of actual crime. And we don't need impeachment for that. So to pretend that we need to impeach a former president right now is patently, obviously insane. So I look forward to seeing what the rest of this brings. I genuinely do not know what the Democrats will be able to present at this point beyond that video. Apparently they're going to trot out old statements from Donald Trump. I really don't know what else it is they have to show. Maybe I am underestimating them. I can't imagine that's true because today showed no signs 
no indication that they have any strong case. And of course they don't. This is among the most ridiculous things we have seen this government ever attempt. It may even be even more ridiculous than the impeachment they tried last year, where they tried to impeach Donald Trump for something that Joe and Hunter Biden actually did. But we are living in a bizarro world right now, so really anything is possible. Anyway, I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work, and Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!